This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. Welcome to Country Squire Radio on Boat. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Doing doing good. It is uh, it is wide open. It is wide open. Yeah. It is March, and uh, things are just rocking and rolling. It's been a um, fun fun several weeks here, you know, as we talked about last week, uh, just having, uh, you know, our, our pipe royalty in town with Eric Nording and uh, uh, friends at Rocky Patel Cigars, and of course, um, you know, International Pipe Smoking Day was a success, and now we're kind of in that part of the year where we're looking towards uh, uh, spring and, and on into summer events coming up and uh, you know pipe smokers are starting to come out a little bit from under their uh, uh, caves <laughs> and their hibernating uh, <laughs> areas you know where it's uh, starting to warm up pretty afternoons and uh, makes for a good bowl so uh, yeah man things are things are going great we're just uh, we're trucking along what's happening with you dude Oh man, we just had. Uh, of course, we are we are now in spring break. You don't feel that yet, John David, but you will in the in, oh, the, few, in the next few years. That's here. the thing. <laughs> is, is that something to be to be glad about or sad about? I, I mean, it depends on how you manage it, right? Like, so you know, I mean, obviously, I've, I've got uh, I've got really the the, the wonderful and, and blessed opportunity to work from home, right. which is 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 great. Uh, it's not always great, but it it is, it it definitely has its perks. And, and I would say that one of the perks is during spring break, uh, having the kiddos here and and getting to spend that, that one-on-one time with them is really, really incredible. Yeah. Uh, The trick, the trick to that though, is, uh, is managing said work to make sure that, um, you know, the kids and the work don't collide. So I've been, man, I got to tell you though, I've prepared this year. I've been, uh, all of my clients have apparently been very motivated because they've all sent in all the audio early on this week. And so we've just been knocking it out left and right. And I think, I think, I might be able to give myself a little bit of a, a vacay here uh, starting tomorrow until the end of the week. So I'm Dude, a little, little impromptu. Nice. Jealous, yeah, this man. Will be the, that sounds great. This, <laughs> this will be the first spring break that I'm, I'm uh, of being a, a dad and entering into the spring break mode uh, of the kids being in school that I think I'm going to really fully enjoy. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited for it. Well, that's great, yeah. man. Hope you get to spend a little time outside on the patio and smoke your pipe and, um, and all that. That's great. Oh yeah. No, it should be, it should be great, man. Of course the, uh, the folks were in town here recently. They brought me uh, some bean fruit coffee, a, a former sponsor of the show, but you know, I'm gonna give nice. a shout out anyway. Cause they, they got some good stuff. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, they, they brought me some, uh, some bean fruit, man. But I was like, Where, where's, you know, where's, where's my pipe tobacco? Where's, where's my, my squire? <laughs> where's my squire care package? But then I remembered, you know what? I'm going to be there in like two weeks. That is so right, man. That'll be the time to load up. Of course, we got the lunt to remember happening on March 28th. Now, man, as listeners know, who've been uh, following for the last couple of weeks and, and anybody who's familiar with kind of the, the weather in the Jackson area are, is well aware, um, you know, the, the weather has thrown a curveball. You would have thought it was Corona, but no, it's the flooding that really threw a, a, a curveball uh, <laughs> yeah. in this event. But I mean, it's still going strong. It's just been like, you know, we've been on our own journey, if you will, our own uh, uh, psychological lunt, our own logistics lunt <laughs> to get to lunt. said lunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Update folks on where, where things are going right now. Of course, no, you know, March 28th, yeah. Jackson, Mississippi is the place, but, but the details of the lunt. Yeah, ch- changing a little bit. We've got some uh, some a few little last kinks to work out, but we were notified by the the park where we were doing the actual lunt itself uh, that the park is still underwater and they don't anticipate it being ready 
uh, in time for us to, to go out there. So we're uh, finalizing al- an alternative location, which is about uh, 45 minutes to the east of Jackson here, uh, mm. where we will go lunting in the beautiful nature and uh, and then come back to the city. Uh, and, and so that the lunt will actually take place. It was to take place at 3 p.m. that day. It looks like it's going to take place earlier uh, in the day, probably around 9 or 10, uh, give folks time to come back in. Uh, we'll do a, a episode of the show uh, there at the shop live, which would be a lot of fun. And then uh, after that, have the great event, man. And it'll be, uh, you know, live music, uh, you know, uh, people, you know, merchandise to buy from our friends uh, at Missouri Mearsham and um, Briarworks and uh, Scandinavian Tobacco Group, Lane, STG, and, and Peter Stokeby. Um, and uh, man, just on through the night, we've got a craft beer tent that uh, we're really excited about and uh, good food and uh, should be should be a lot of fun. So things are just changing a little bit, but um, you know the details are there. The the key is to be uh, here in Jackson uh, on March 28th, uh, and uh, we're we're excited about that. Uh, you know more details to come uh, in the very short uh, days. Getting in contact with us. Um, you know, if you want to keep up with it, uh, but please sign up if you're coming at lunting.org. Uh, all, all the, um, information will be blasted out to folks there, uh, that are coming. And, um, again, it looks like, um, we'll have a morning lunt, uh, just a little bit east of town. And then, uh, that afternoon come back as, as scheduled, um, you know, here at the country squire. So, uh, should be a lot of fun, man. We've got folks confirmed coming in from, uh, all over the country and, uh, we're, we're really excited about that. So, uh, it's going to be a treat. It'll be a treat. Absolutely, man. I think I think it's going to be a blast. You know, I'm I'm, I'm kind of thinking too, just with the new setup. I'm, I'm I'm thinking about like a a different kind of take on a Squire Select, where we might have like a few bottles, or I might bring a few bottles for folks to to sample and write down what they would pair with the the, the pipe tobacco because we will have oh, a Squire a Select idea. coming up. Yeah, yeah, and kind a of idea. a user user generated, a, a listener generated uh, uh, kind of uh, Squire Select. That might be that might be kind of fun. I um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then, well, then there's the daunting task of the one that we choose. You, you either saying, uh, you know, John David approves or John David does not approve. <laughs> so there could be something fun there, but we'll, we'll see. It's going to be a blast one way or the other. So come on down to Mississippi. Uh, join us in Jackson, March 28th for the lunch of the remember. I, for one, will be waking up bright and early, getting some good old breakfast, probably from, uh, could, could be Primo's, which is right there near the shop. I could, uh, but, but more than likely, Best I'll probably cheese be grits up- in the world, man. Fantastic <laughs> cheese grits there, but I'll probably be actually picking something up from Broad Street and uh, bringing it so I can eat it in the car. Those breakfast sandwiches they have are incredible. So, uh, oh, by the way, you know, I, I, I was just thinking about this. You know, I, as as I like to yeah. say, every single show uh, is uh, every single episode is, is somebody's first episode, and for for many folks that tune in. Uh, they, they might be new pipe smokers. They might not be as kind of, uh, you know, arms deep in the culture. They might not realize what a lunt is. And we probably need to be doing a better job here at the top of the show when talking about a lunt to remember by just kind of telling folks a lunt is literally what you do when you smoke your pipe and you go for a walk, go for a, uh, you know, a nature hike. You could be going, uh, just walking downtown, but basically the practice of walking while smoking your pipe is called lunting. And there is in fact a lunting society that will be coming to Jackson. And, uh, that, that is kind of the, uh, that is the catalyst for this big event that is happening. So, uh, yes, that is what lunting That's is right. for you. Yep. New deer pipe smoker. And I apologize for not doing <laughs> the work in previous episodes of letting folks know. You know, it, it's funny. I'm so glad you 
mention that because we do, we've got a lot of folks that as we've advertised the event and have uh, gathered a lot of, uh, you know, steam for it and everything, uh, folks have been, uh, you know, curious, like uh, a lot of cigar smokers, a lot of just non-smokers are like, hey, I, I love your shop. I keep up with what you're doing, but, you know, what the heck is that? <laughs> and uh, yeah, that, that's right, man. It's walking and, and hiking while smoking your pipe, enjoying the outdoors while you're smoking your pipe. And um, and so, yeah, it, just really pleased to collaborate with Scott Bidler. Um, from the International Lunting Society. You can learn more about uh, his organization at lunting.org. And again, all the uh, proceeds and everything that are that are going to come from a lunt to remember uh, here on March 28th uh, will go to benefit the Alzheimer's Foundation. So um, yeah, really, really stoked about that too. Sounds good, man. You know, we've also got, uh, you know, this this show that's happening is made possible by our amazing patrons at patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. You can uh, become a member of the International Pipes, uh, Pipe Club that is the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club there. <laughs> Again, that's patreon.com slash countrysquireradio. Shout out to all of our uh, wonderful supporters. And, you know, man, the great thing is, is that, you know, as a show, uh, we, we do our best to to really, you know, um, listen to the listeners and, and kind of, you know, come up with different topics based on that. In fact, this, this episode that we're uh, going into is actually a per request of a listener. And, and you'll find out more about that here in just a moment, but we do a series that is one of the most listener driven series of anything that we, we ever do. And that is our pipe culture series. And this is uh, when we kind of take a look at the culture that surrounds the pipe and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, some thematic things about it and, and, you know, experiences that we might share some of kind of the imagination uh, that may come around, like what you kind of, what the imagery is that kind of goes with smoking a pipe and, uh, and that sort of thing. And, and, and some people hate that series and, and, and a lot of people love it. And so, uh, the great thing is, is that it is kind of driven by the listeners and we've been going through a pipe culture places series with a new episode coming up here in the very near future where the place quote unquote place is going to be the smoking chair. Mm. So, I'm excited about this, man. Like, yeah, I, me I too. A, me too. I have a feeling that like there's a lot of different thoughts on kind of like what what imagery comes up with with the idea of a smoking chair. You know, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily even talking about the materials per se, but you know, maybe the surroundings are. Honestly, you know what? I shouldn't even say that because we kind of like to put it out there and leave it open ended. Exactly. So we'll see what uh, we'll see what y'all come up with. But we want to hear your stories, your thoughts, uh, the imagery. Maybe you've got a smoking chair you love, whatever it may be. Um, and so send those in show at countrysquireradio.com. You can, of course, send them on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff, which will be at the end of the show. Uh, but yeah, help us uh, help us kind of piece together this idea of the smoking chair. I, I'm hopeful, John David, that, that from this series, from this particular episode, we may end up either crafting the most like perfect smoking chair experience Ooh, yeah. or or you ever see that episode of the Simpsons where they try to develop a car and it's like this crazy thing <laughs> no <laughs> I, they, it's like designed by committee and it's just a mess so it, it could go one or the other <laughs> <laughs> it could be I think a disaster be a hopefully you know we get a lot of feedback we have a great episode but then you know some maybe one of our artisan listeners is uh is encouraged and, and inspired to go uh maybe craft uh, the the most exquisite smoking chair on earth so we'll uh, yeah man We'll see, and then, and then maybe they gift it to Bo York, so he can uh, he can have it at his at his new home in Houston. But <laughs> are you kidding me, man? I would probably say, I would if it, depending on how high up it is, which again that'll be a part of the discussion as well. It might end up being my my new desk chair, <laughs> a little Hobbit chair, right? <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, hey, uh, so look forward to that, and just put either pipe culture or smoking yeah. chair in the title. 
And uh, we'll do that. All right. One last housekeeping item before we do jump into this. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, we are in the midst of spring break. And so uh, if you do end up hearing uh, kids in the background and or cartoons and or I sound a little bit different this week, that would be the reason why uh, I just want to <laughs> kind of give a heads up going in. And uh, yeah, hopefully that won't be a problem, but there, there it is. All right, John David, this, like I said, this is going to be an episode that is actually directly from a listener. In fact, this is coming from JC Marty. Uh, he wrote into the show, he said, uh, John David and Bo, uh, emboldened by Bo's daring claim that every episode is somebody's first episode, I have a request. We've heard episodes on Danish tobacco and Danish carvers, but how in the heck did Denmark become such a prolific location for pipes and tobaccos to begin with? I'd love to hear mm. you talk about the history of why Denmark is Denmark and all other countries just aren't. Maintain your cake, boys. JC Marty. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun uh what a fun question right and uh yeah what a what an interesting observation you know we've talked over the years about all these famous uh pipe makers and uh tobacco manufacturers and everything and they uh happen to have these goofy danish last names that we're not really familiar with in the states here and uh other parts in the world and um man what's up with that right and uh yeah so we you know it had this and you know it's funny bo and i were talking last week on the heels of uh, you know, having Eric Nording around and just all the uh, promotion about that. And, uh, you know, then we, we had an or, a Nording uh, episode that we talked last week. That was a lot of fun, too, just learning mm-hmm. uh, more about him and, um, you know, and then even getting, you know, folks' feedback, a lot of uh, folks just talking about how much they enjoy their Nording pipes. And, um, you know, we thought this would be a good time to weave this topic kind of into uh, the conversation. You know, you've got these famous pipe carvers from Denmark that we've discussed, and course uh, the most famous living pipe maker in the world uh, eric nording and um you know what why what where where did this tradition come from right what's uh what's up with that why denmark and um you know in, I, uh, other folks have even uh, in the past mentioned it as the pipe capital of the world and all this kind of stuff and um you know so we wanted to, to talk about that a little bit um you know it it, it's funny though. I mean, you, you want to be careful. Don't don't tell the English or the Italians that Denmark is the pipe capital of the world. <laughs> mm. Because oh, man. those guys those guys have some skin in the game too, you know? Yeah, you know, and so so you you to be to be very clear, that's what you said. You just called it the pipe capital of the world. So send uh, <laughs> at, at John David Cole on that one. But uh no, you're exactly right. I mean, there is kind of a a you know where where should the uh, the crown lie? But I mean, you know, given the fact that you know, as you just mentioned, we we had uh, we had essentially pipe royalty uh, on display last week and and in person at the Squire recently. I mean, like, I, it, look, we we're, we 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 show our love to our our British uh, brethren over across the sea, right? I mean, like we we the the whole War of yeah. the Roses that was a thing. Uh, you know, House York, even though, I mean, we all know I'm the rightful king of England. That that, that goes without saying, but I, let me put it this way. You know what? Actually, John David, I got it. Uh, if if there is a tug of war between these two great, great nations as to who should be the crowned, you know, crowned uh, um, uh, kingdom of pipedom, if the, the, the sole place that is at the very top, the pinnacle of pipe, pipedom, uh, perhaps if England were to, you know, uh, pass the crown back to the York dynasty and, 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 and you know, <laughs> rename me, give me my rightful place. Uh, then you'd have the, you know, co-host of country squire radio as your King. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just pointing out the, the, the feathers that would be in said caps. But, but until that day happens, man, 
Denmark. Denmark, you're looking, <laughs> looking pretty good right now. You're just hold, holding it hostage, right? <laughs> I, I, no, no, not at all. I'm just merely pointing out the facts, my friend. That is all I am doing. <laughs> and, that, and, and that is nothing to be said of our uh, our friends in Italy, our friends in France, uh, even German pipe makers and, and uh, you know, Japanese pipe makers, American, uh, the American uh, modern pipe making culture in America. Uh, you know, <laughs> they're just oh, yeah. uh, so many, uh, so many great, uh, you know, centers of excellence in the pipe world. But, um, you know, we, we do seem to talk a lot about these Danish people and these Danish uh, companies and traditions and, um, and personalities. Uh, and, and there is an undeniable, uh, you know, fact that Denmark has a unique tradition, uh, you know, with very uh, specific pipe makers. But, you know, this is a small country. You know, Denmark is uh, it's it's a small country. Um, you know, it's not a not a large population. Uh, they're kind of nestled in the north of uh, uh, frosty Europe there, and um, you know we're talking about a country that doesn't produce its own briar. Um, it, you know, at the time and and since uh, you know pipe making started in Denmark, it didn't really have its own uh, major empire or anything to uh, kind of go out and conquer the world and, and spread its. Uh, um, you know, that's one thing England can say. It's like, well, you know, we had the British Empire. And and so, uh, you know, our excellence in a lot of things filtered down through that. But, you know, wh- where did the Danish school come from? You know, where did that develop from? And so, you know, we've we've talked about uh, some of these things before, but uh, you really can't talk about uh, Danish pipe making to begin with. We're going to go back to the genesis of of it around World War II and then kind of come back through uh, and, and talk about some highlights. But, um, you know, pre-World War II, there were really no... Uh, no pipe makers of any note in Denmark, and so we, you know, we we look at Denmark as this center of excellence in the pipe making world uh, today. But you know, as much as uh, you know, 75, 80 years ago, th- there were no uh, pipe makers uh, really of any renown uh, in Denmark. And before World War II, almost all uh, the high quality uh, you know briar pieces came from uh, England. We think of Dunhill and Sheraton, and uh, and, and then of course you had uh, you know by that point you'd kind of started to see the Savinelli's of the world pick up steam uh, there on the continent. That in uh, in Italy you had uh, you know folks like Camoy and and Chacombe and in France uh, and. So you know you, you had other centers of excellence there, but but nothing really in Denmark. And of course, at that time, England uh, before World War II was was kind of considered the the king of that. They were sending their stuff all over the world, and uh, really you know, kind of seen as a very, uh, trendy, bougie, uh, you know, uh, thing. If you've, if you're a pipe smoker and you want the, the it pipe, right, it's gotta, gotta come Mm. from England type. And so, you know, there was a, a a market there in, uh, Denmark that, that needed to be tapped, or at least, uh, someone thought that it could be tapped. A guy named Paul Nielsen, who we've uh, mentioned before many episodes ago, uh, he began making beechwood pipes, um, briar, was unavailable at the time um, because, you know, you got to think World War II, uh, Europe is just racked with all this, uh, you know, strife and terror, division, uh, supply lines are interrupted, everyone's focused on uh, not pipe making, but things like food, safety, and, you know, um, it, it's the farthest thing <laughs> Th- for people's minds. Those little minds. things. Yeah, yeah they, they, small, small, insignificant things, right? Um, and so Nielsen, you know, it, during the World War II era, they're, they're not able to get these pipes from uh, England, 
um, because of uh, you know all the all the war two embargoes and and everything else. And so you know he begins making uh, beechwood pipes there from local materials um, in in Denmark. Uh, and then after the war, where he could import briar again, he started you know he he he'd already kind of ramped up his production. He's making these pipes and other uh, goods, uh, and so now he can get real briar. Uh, you know he filled a void that existed during the war. Um, and, and he's still there and people are already smoking his pipes and now he has access all of a sudden to premium materials and, uh, you know, he begins producing these factory pipes and, um, you know, they're, they're really good. They're kind of starting to catch some steam and, um, this is coming from a country that didn't really have a pipe making tradition before. And, Mm. and so he's, he's proud of his stuff. They're getting good reviews and, uh, you know, he's like, man, we could, we could go toe to toe with the best in the world. Right. So he, uh, he, you know, thinking that, you know, he wants to compete with the best, particularly from uh, from the UK and from England, um, he he picks a name for his company that's very uh, very English sounding and very uh, sophisticated sounding, and uh, and uh, he he creates a whole lore around it. And that company is uh, what we know today as Stanwell Stanwell Pipes. And so it took a you know just his 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 name uh, you know didn't have that kind of uh, British uh, you know ring to it with you know horses and carriages and castles and all this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. He wanted to mm-hmm. evoke some of that right and so uh stanwell was born and of course even their their logo evoked that horse and carriage kind of thing they were looking for the kind of this uh you know civil uh victorian edwardian uh you know uh, uh motif that they could kind of play on and it, and it really hit uh because the quality of their pipes were were great high quality pipe making factory uh the first there in denmark they went almost immediately toe-to-toe uh with the likes of savinelli uh, Peterson, GBD, Kamoy, Chacombe. Uh, these were pipes that were, um, you know, as far as factory pipes are concerned, you know, became world class uh, pretty quickly. And so they kind of kick started the pipe making culture there in Denmark. And so you had all these people smoking pipes. They were they were proud of their country. They were smoking Danish pipes and uh, new folks working at the factory. And uh, it kind of created this uh, cottage industry around around pipe making there in in Denmark there in the mid mid. 20th century. So um, just a really cool uh, kind of spark there that happened because this man named Paul Nielsen had an idea. He wanted to uh, make Danish pipes. He saw a void during World War II that he could fill, and uh, and he filled it. And then when he was able to get the best stuff, he uh, he went for the best markets. And uh, and, and eventually, kind of funny, he, he actually uh, changed his name from Paul Nielsen to uh, to Stanwell, which is kind of cool. So, man. Um, yeah. yeah, he was he was committed. <laughs> Well, it's almost that that reverse of what we we're talking about with uh, with with Eric. You know, just the idea of like, well, you know, this was his name and he had his ownership. It's like, yeah, that's a big. You're putting a lot on it. You know, whereas Stanwell's yeah. like, well, let's let's you know, British. Let's go with this. Oh, it worked. Yeah, I'm Stanwell. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No shade. Right? Just saying. That's what happened. <laughs> no, it, you know, it's funny. Yeah, you know, with with Mr. Nording, it's like, yeah, we made these awesome pipes. My name's on them, so it's got to got to maintain the quality. And he's like, you know, uh, with Nielsen, he's like, man, these pipes are so awesome. I, I want to be associated with that. I'm gonna change my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really funny. Um, and and you know, to to make note, uh, Stan. Stanwell pipes are still um, still made today. They are considered Danish designed, uh, but they actually are made in Italy now. Uh, and just as the pipe industry has kind of consolidated and um, and you know uh, groups have uh, closed, we have heard over the past year that uh, Lorenzo has closed, and um, mm. you know troubles at uh, factories like Bouchocan and uh, others. You know. Um, 
uh, you know, a lot of these little factories are consolidating. And so, uh, you know, you've got a factory uh, in Italy that makes uh, pipes under the Stanwell name, also makes uh, Aldo Villani and a variety of others. And you, you see a lot of this kind of consolidation now, which is happening. But um, but still, a lot of those same shapes are manufactured under the Stanwell name, and uh, the tradition is carried on. So you, you've got this factory, um, you know, it, it, premium factory experience there uh that is uh that is working competing with the best in the world right here after world war ii you know so that that's one element of the the danish story the danish miracle and pipe making um the second you know danish design what we when you say danish design number one what does that mean but also um you know where where did that come from? I mean, there's mm. a there's an essence in which um, you know this was uh, it, it was known to uh, just kind of develop its own uh, character, and it caught um, you know caught the attention of pipe makers and smokers worldwide. And and now, if an American artisan uh, creates a a pipe that is uh, Danish inspired, we we kind of know what that means. It's a little hard to describe, but um, but we kind of know what that means. What does that mean? It's a um, unique uh, way. You know, when you think of British uh, designs, you think of uh, uh, straightforward billiard, pot, bulldog, Canadian, uh, you know, these uh, designs that are uh, clean lines, very structured and uh, just very classic and simple. Uh, you know, and, and, and the folks at Denmark, uh, they kind of developed this uh, unique uh, design element that uh, took some of those, but but kind of kind of tinkered around the edges of them. They they're aggressive, uh, organic, uh, whimsical uh, looking. A lot of uh, if you could kind of take a, a pipe shape and almost make a caricature of it, that's what Danish design kind of uh, kind of turned into in some sense. And um, and even even you know uh, ins- inspiration from nature itself from. Uh, vegetables and and you know tree bark and mm. uh, just all all these uh, kind of interesting things that um, you know that that developed over time just in the Danish pipe making um, kind of mindset. So th- these were unique to Danish pipes for a while, uh, but because they were so uh, strikingly. Uh, you know, uh, visually pleasing, but also comfortable in the hand. And, uh, you know, it required a lot of skill to make. They became uh, popular worldwide. And so, you know, you've got uh, these Danish-inspired pipe carvers now, uh, you know, specifically in in places like Japan and and Russia, Eastern Europe, uh, the United States, and and really all over the world. So um, pretty, pretty cool. Paul Nielsen discovered uh, when he had his Stanwell shop, a a little-known pipe repairman and pipe maker and pipe maker hobbyist uh, that was primarily a pipe repairman, but had started to make some of his own pipes uh, kind of on the side. And you can't really talk about Danish pipe making, with, number one, without mentioning Stanwell, but number two, mm-hmm. uh, without mentioning a, a person we've talked very much at length before uh, on the show, and that is Sixton Iverson. Sixton mm-hmm. Iverson, uh, you know, this is a, a young uh, man, a young pipe repairman that is kind of uh, discovered by Paul Nielsen, and um, he's like, like, man, this this kid is uh, producing some good shapes. He's uh, really, um, you know, makes a high-quality pipe. They're, uh, you know, uh, the mechanics of them are really good, very sophisticated, uh, you know, uh, engineering and designs. And uh, I, I want I want this guy to work for me, or at least I want to purchase some of his designs to, to you know, make our factory pipes, uh, you know, kind of inspired by. And so, um, so that's what happens. Uh, Stanwell actually bought uh, Sixton Iverson's designs and, uh, it started a relationship where they collaborated over several decades, and that joint power combined there with, with you've got the probably the most 
famous and well-respected pipe maker in world history, Sixton Iverson, mm. um, mm-hmm. when, when he combined with Stanwell that was, uh, you know, innovative and aggressive and uh, willing to invest in young carvers and, uh, you know, new designs and innovation and pushing new markets. And so you had these kind of two, two forces together. And, uh, you know, over the next, you know, 40, 50 years, uh, it really created kind of this um, you know, just vortex of excellence there that, that inspired an entire generation, really two or three generations of Danish pipe carvers. And uh, so pretty cool, uh, heavy influence on the pipe making world. And, um, and really, you know, Stanwell and Iverson both um, instill a lot of standards in the industry. And so, um, you know, a lot of folks look to them, uh, particularly Iverson, you know, you had your more premium pipe makers that, uh, you know, sought after his uh, expertise, uh, shadowing. Uh, you know, if you were one of his students, you were considered the best trained in the world uh, in this kind of area. And so, uh, and these were not just Danes; these were folks that came from from all over and then went back home and and uh, developed you know apostles of of their own. It, the collaboration bore a lot of fruit. Uh, it was kind of an incubator for uh, pipe design and manufacturing techniques. And then the you know the collaboration it kind of sparked this free flow of information that was unique to the time. You see it some now kind of uh, emerging here, or we have seen it emerging the past twenty years in the American pipe making world. Uh, just a lot of folks willing to help each other, invest in each other. Um, it, it is so common now to see you know the willingness of a pipe maker take on a pupil and. Uh, you know, take a chance on a new artisan and kind of uh, encourage them to build up their own thing. Just something that's, uh, um, you know, part of the human experience. You're kind of, uh, you know, helping another artisan, but you're also leaving a legacy because you're doing that, which is a lot of fun. So because of this, this power combo, right, uh, you've got this really remarkable family tree that starts to develop in in Denmark. And um, and it's just legendary. Uh, The best, some of the best names in the pipe making world develop from this relationship. And you've got Stanwell and Iverson. Iverson, of course, has his own uh, offspring. He, he, he births his own uh, <laughs> lineage uh, who yeah. become pipe carvers. Lars, who uh, we've talked before uh, quite a bit about. And then uh, and then Nana, uh, who is still living and still uh, producing pipes occasionally. And, um, and and then, you know, from that, we've got the uh, Jess Chanawas of the world and uh, Paul Rasmussen's, who eventually lead to Tom, Tom Eltang, which uh, is is one of the current, um, you know, most well-known pipe makers in the world. Just very, uh, very high-end Danish Danish pipes. Um, other factories popped up, inspired by Stanwell. W. O. Larsen, uh, tobacconist in Copenhagen, was uh, uh, began making their own pipes as well. And so mm. uh, you had Svendbang that came from that um, from that school. Folks uh, he collaborated with went on. Uh, you know, uh, people like Preb and Holm emerged uh, that, uh, you know, were uh, became marketed by other companies and, and discovered by other companies where they were creating these designs and, um, you know, it really pushed by uh, distributors uh, across the world to be some of the best. And, uh, you know, so it was a it was a combination of marketing, uh, distribution and quality kind of all all put together. Uh, folks were finding that these Danes just for whatever reason really kind of knew what they were doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is which is really, really cool. Um, and, and, you know, and, and leads to, you know, the folks today that we know, uh, folks like, uh, of course, we have Eric Nording, who's one of the godfather types, but uh, Tom Eltang, who is of a younger generation and and uh, Paul Winslow, people uh, that kind of, you know, uh, Winslow came from Preben 
home. And these are folks that, again, are following these aggressive organic designs where they're willing to push the envelopes and, and don't feel tied so much to a sense of history. Their, their sense of history is that it's uh, they have an innovative DNA, right? Um, you know, the story goes when uh, Sixton was working on some of his first freehand pipes, uh, you know, he's like, you know what? Why take the bark off the top of the pipe? Let's leave the bark on there. And before you know it, you've got a, a pipe where, um, you know, you've got the gnarly plateau that's left on the top of the pipe. And yeah. for some reason, no one had ever thought to do that before. But <laughs> but now everybody does that, you know, and it's uh, <laughs> and that that all is birthed in that kind of Danish spirit of uh, of innovation and um, and it, which is really cool. Uh, you so, know, that one in particular, though, sometimes yeah. I wonder, did that did that truly come out of innovation or was it innovation born of laziness? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I mean, it, just just leave it. Let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah and you just you, you don't know. You know, the, the story goes, that, you know, he was uh, done with pretty much every other part of the pipe. And, uh, you know, the plateau was left. He was ready to, you know, kind of take that off and uh, make the pipe a, a traditional regular shape. And, uh, and, and he was inspired by it. He was like, you know, this is beautiful. Why, why do we have to remove this? Why, mm. uh, why do we do that? Maybe, maybe let's leave it and see what happens. See how it smokes. See what the, uh, what the people, you know, the, the end consumer thinks of it, how it is held in their hand. And, yeah. Uh, and and the fact that he wanted a nap and a sandwich had nothing to do with it. So yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. No, I'm just kidding. No, you're exactly right. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. He's like, ah, leave good enough alone. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. it it's kind of fun you know just how that how that's developed um and and really the invention of the freehand pipe now this is such a uh, such a weird concept i mean because we're, we're you know now freehand pipes are just well it's a uh, that's a we all know what a freehand pipe is but mm-hmm. you know and, and when we say freehand pipes we mean a, a pipe that isn't following a specific shape it's not trying to be uh, you know, this this um, template or that template, uh, you know, it, it, it is a pipe that is inspired, uh, you know, it first and foremost by what the designer sees uh, in his mind, but then secondly, by the, the grain itself of the pipe and the beauty of the piece of wood and, and what that, what the, you know, artisan thinks that, uh, you know, that piece of wood can do and, and how aggressive they want to get. So it's, it's just a freehand pipe. It's like uh, kind of like a dealer's choice uh, <laughs> type thing. It's like, well, take this piece of wood. And, you know, uh, what's the old thing with uh, Michelangelo pulling David out of that uh, block of, of granite or marble or whatever? Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, just seeing what pipe is, is lying in there. And, um, and so the invention of the freehand pipe, how uh, that develops, that's a Danish uh, concept. That's an Iverson concept that, um, you know, we're following the grain. We're not being, uh, you know, straight jacketed to, uh, you know, these designs that have been around for 100 years at that point. We're, we're trying new things and, um, and, and seeing uh, where it goes. And, and it's not just a work of art. It's a functional piece that is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's still going to smoke cool and be comfortable in your hand and durable and all these other things. And, um, and so just, just really neat how that's happened. And of course that freehand, uh, element, that freehand style has, uh, just proliferated in the Danish school and, and then moved, uh, across the world. And, and when we think of those freehand pipes today, we think of Eric Nording, uh, Tom Eltang, Preben Holm, uh, people who over the past, uh, you know, 40 years have, uh, kind of, you know, just been the icons in that, in that world, uh, taking, you know, this, this design, this high quality, and then, uh, 
you know, manufacturing it at a broad sense where uh, it's available to the every man, even in places like Jackson, Mississippi. So, um, yeah, just really, really cool. Um, well, um, one other thing I'll mention at, before we kind of wrap this up and it just our ode to Danish pipe culture, but we, we've talked about pipes today. We've talked about uh, the artisans and some of the companies that uh, that go along with that, but what we what we haven't talked about, and what could be its own, uh, you know, its own thing, um, is the smoking culture uh, in Denmark and, and and the the strength of that, and and you know, going back, you know, at the same time we kind of started our dialogue today, that you know, pre World War II era, there wasn't a real tradition of uh, tobacco manufacturers there in. Uh, there in Denmark, but that kind of slowly came along, and they they were uh, inspired by their folks across the uh, English Channel and and in, uh, you know other parts of Europe, and uh, but particularly in Great Britain, they were inspired and challenged and motivated to uh, you know to compete with those folks, and and so you had the the Peter Stokeby, the Mac Baron, um, you know these these Scandinavian. Uh, you know, groups which which have now, you know, now are considered the best blending houses in uh, in the world, right? Which is, um, you know, just so, so interesting. Um, and so, you know, that that didn't exist, but kind of came along at the same time as we had this, uh, this really high quality uh, pipe making scene start to emerge there in Denmark. And so these these things are kind of progressing at the same time. But the the tobacco manufacturers in Denmark uh, are a big part of this. That their their evolution uh, is a big part of the the Danish school of excellence. And so you know we we looking back on it, you know you've got these big English companies that are pumping out the best tobaccos in the world. We think particularly of uh, you know Dunhill. And and what's funny is you know Dunhill as a tobacco manufacturer doesn't exist anymore. And and who who bought the rights to all those uh, those blends and started uh, at first manufacturing those blends and then um, you know and then actually uh, you know claiming them as their own? Well, the companies in Denmark did. <laughs> so um, man, it, it, in in some sense, they really kind of have taken over that that as well. And even some of our most um, you know beloved brands here on this side of the pond, uh, like Lane and um, you know all the Captain Black folks and uh, a lot of the best known you know over the counter tobaccos in the world, uh, you know, hamster cage tobaccos, if you will. A lot of these are, you know, right. uh, some of the most, uh, uh, you know, the most consumed pipe tobaccos in the world, and they're all owned, uh, or many of them anyway, by Danish uh, companies. And so uh, it, it, a, a lot of roads lead back to Copenhagen. A lot of roads lead back to Denmark. And um, and there's a whole, you know, variety of reasons for that. But um, why is any place uh, famous for uh, what it produces? Well, a lot of times, um, you know, it's just a, a specific uh, confluence of events that happens and uh, and makes things special. And um, and that happened in Denmark. It happened around World War II. And um, we can go back and think thank, you know, folks like uh Paul Nielsen and Sixton Iverson for that. So uh, next time you smoke your Stanwell or, you know, if you're one of those lucky people that has an Iverson pipe, nod your head and, and toast the Danes. Absolutely, man. And, you know, you mentioned, of course, the uh, events kind of falling into place. But, you know, you also said like it is it's people coming into place and being willing to collaborate. And, uh, you know, that, that's always something that I think that uh, the, the more collaboration in any industry, but especially in the pipe industry, then, you know, that really does re- reward the consumer in an amazing way. And let me tell you, somebody who has always been willing to make some incredible collaborations 
are the good folks over at Missouri Meerschaum. That is right, man. <laughs> Missouri Meerschaum, of course, is America's most famous pipe manufacturer and a big sponsor of the show. We're so thankful for them. And in, in kind of uh, the vein of this uh um, you know, Danish design that we're talking about. We're going to uh, recommend a pipe that we talked about last week as well and, and really hope that you look for uh, on the market and, and add to your collection. We're talking, of course, about the freehand corncob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum, a deep conical-shaped bowl, dark stain coating, rusticated bowl, and Italian acrylic bit give this pipe a unique and distinctive appearance. Like our other premium pipes, the freehand has a genuine hardwood insert in the bottom of the bowl, and it's also available in an uncoated natural white cob or natural red cob finish. Uh, this pipe also serves as a memorable gift to discerning pipe collectors. Um, it's kind of cool. You can actually buy uh, one of these pipes that are mounted on a uh, red cedar plaque, which is uh, just makes a really nice gift, a handsome uh, decorative piece for uh, someone's office, and also something that's uh, that's functional and, and cool smoking and, um, and and a great statement piece. Man, the beautiful freehand corncob pipe from Missouri Meerschaum. You can get it straight from the source at corncob corncobpipe.com. Check it out and uh, make your selection. Have it shipped to you this week. Absolutely. And if you've got one, be sure to smoke it this week. Tweet it out to us. We'd love to retweet it out to let the good folks at Missouri Mission know we appreciate them for sponsoring this show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Pipe question of the week. 
All right, man. Pipe question of the week. I'm trying something a little bit different there. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great, little, bud. You're doing a little great. game show action. I don't know. I don't know why. I was just feeling game show. Maybe and behind door number three, pipe question uh, of the week. <laughs> From Monty Hall. <laughs> no, not from Monty Hall. This is actually from Byron Fist, man. Byron writes in. He says, uh, great afternoon, gents. I says, I have multiple pipes in my collection, two Petersons, two Savinelli's, and three Missouri Mershans. The Savinelli's are an unfinished one, which is kind of uh, my daily smoker. And then there is a Christmas 2017 one with a gorgeous white stem and red collar. And I broke it. <laughs> I've had the worst luck with this particular pipe because, in fact, it's actually my second one to buy. The first one was identical, but I lost it, and so my wife bought me this one to replace it. I was out in the garage the other day and was about 25 minutes into an intermediate smoke, uh, or intermittent smoke, rather, so not just straight puffing away. Pipe was warm, but not burning hot, and I dropped it, probably from the height of about two and a half feet. So my question, and thanks for staying with me here, is would I... Uh, is I would expect the pipe of this quality to have a little bit more durability. But am I wrong here or crazy? I understand that they aren't indestructible, but I feel like that the height, I, uh, I feel like from that height, I wouldn't expect it to just snap. Uh, the wood where it broke did seem a little dry. Is that a thing that happens in some materials that they can just dry out? Thanks again, gents. Prayers always for you and your families. Hope y'all are out they're having a day. Byron Fist, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. That's great. Great question. And I'm no, so sorry that happened to you, brother. Yeah. Good, good question, Byron. Man, I hate that. Those, uh, um, that particular year, it was a really nice Christmas edition uh, from mm. Savinelli. Every year they have their uh, St. Nicholas pipe uh, that they come out with. And that, In that 2017, <laughs> it was a very good year. A very good year for Christmas, Savinelli's. <laughs> And actually, I think that was the last year, if I'm remembering right, that was the last year of uh, McClellan's Christmas Cheer, I think, too, uh, when that came out. Oh, um, wow, man. Yeah, kind of crazy. But um, yeah, so uh, that that particular pipe, red um, white stem with that little red collar, real, real attractive pipe. But um, okay, so... I know you're thoroughly disappointed, uh, you know, that your pipe broke. And again, I'm not really clear. You said it snapped, not really clear, uh, you know, where exactly that, um, that broke uh, on the pipe. But, you know, to be honest, I'm not. It was not... on the stem. I got, I, in fact, we, he did send some pictures along with it. It is a tragedy to look oh, at. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, you know, I, to be honest with you, I, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, we are talking about, um, you know, uh, premium products here, but we're also talking about, um, you know, materials that uh, are, are relatively delicate. Uh, you know, briar uh, is a durable piece, but the stem, uh, you know, when you get into these high-end acrylics. Actually, man, he, he even sent us a picture. I'm, in fact, I, I sent, I, I, you've got it in your hands right now. I just, uh, just forwarded it on to you so you can Get yep, the got old, it here. Uh, surgical look, as it were. It, it is a tragedy. <laughs> it is a tragedy, man. Yeah, th- these these are of course beautiful pipes. Uh, you know that were um, you know made by Savinelli uh, that year for their Christmas edition, and um, it, it, it is a premium pipe. Uh, it's one of those things where 
um, you know, you would hope that it wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have that. We do see this occasionally. Uh, what what we're looking at here, um, his his pipe was broken uh, on the shank. A lot of times when you drop a pipe, um, you would expect it to break at one of its most weakest points, which is the junction of the uh, tenon, the part, the the little uh, you know kind of plasticky part that sticks into the into the wood. Um, you, you would expect it to break there, the tenon and the mortise hole, that kind of connection right there. A lot of times the stem will snap, uh, leaving the tenon kind of stuck in the end of the, the briar pipe. Um, it, this one, actually, what happened uh, to Byron's uh, Byron's pipe, uh, the, the shank broke... Um, you know, halfway, uh, halfway up the um, up up the shank, and so you know, halfway between the stem and the actual bowl of the pipe. Uh, you know, this is a straight billiard we're looking at here, very uh, kind of uh, clean cut, simple uh, shape, and and it just it just split right down the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you know, is this uh, obviously you know, Byron? This is something you're incredibly disappointed about, and I understand that. I, I get it. Um, is this unheard of for a very premium pipe? Uh, to break, even uh, dropping only, you know, two and a half feet. You know, even though you have it, uh, you know, dropped it from two and a half feet, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, we we have seen this before, uh, you know, particularly if it hits a concrete or a brick floor or, uh, you know, something of that nature, Um, you know, it it, it can happen even to the most premium, uh, you know, briars. And and again, uh, you talk about drying out, you know, if the wood's dried out, um, you know, when, when pipes are cured, the briar is, you know, intentionally dried over time. Now, what what may have happened in this case is that they manufactured a pipe um, that had, uh, you know, a a weakness there at that certain area. So, you know, my... Is is this a pipe defect? It could be, but mm. at the same time, I don't think um, you know that because the pipe was dropped, um, you know, I I doubt it's something that they would necessarily cover. Um, you know, if you wanted, uh, you know, to to ask the manufacturer about it or something like that. Savinelli's good about standing behind their products, but um, you know, because the pipe was dropped, um, and, and there's no way to tell how hot the bowl was and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there's just probably probably a likelihood that they would not stand behind that particular um, misfortune, but um, but I don't know. It may be maybe worth uh, you know looking out uh, or at least asking them about. But um, yeah, occasionally we do see this. There may have been some little weakness there uh, in that in that particular briar. Um, and so it, you know, are you crazy uh, to be disappointed? No. Like and and maybe uh, wanting the pipe to have been a little more durable. Um, man, no, not at all. I, I I totally understand your frustration there. Uh, one of my dear friends dropped my. Sheraton one time, uh, one, one of my Sheratons, I have several, but the, the most prized one in my collection <laughs> and, uh, and it, and it didn't split. And, and when it didn't split, I was, uh, you know, I, I caught my breath and was, was incredibly thankful. You would hope that that would be the case for any premium pipe, um, that, that you do drop. And, um, and, and sometimes it, uh, it isn't. And so, you know, depending on how it hit the concrete or, um, you know, uh, the, if there was some kind of little fissure or weak spot in the wood, um, th- there's just no way to tell. So, uh, I, I would, you know, typically maybe expect a, a little more from a pipe like that, but I, there's no way to tell if it was a manufacturer defect or, or not. So, um, be disappointed, uh, but by all means, don't quit buying Savinelli's. I'll leave it at that. 
<laughs> Fair enough. And hey, uh, buyer man, just again, hate that situation for you. But thanks so much for writing in your question. And hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, be sure to send it in show at countrysquireradio.com. Again, that is show at countrysquireradio.com. Hey, and, and Bo, I'll, I'll mention real quick to Byron, this pipe, um, if you've still got the pieces of this pipe, which uh, it looks like a pretty clean break, actually. It's just right down the um, the middle there uh, of the pipe. There's actually a chance that this pipe could be salvaged, which may be hard for you to believe. But um, if you will send this pipe to someone like um, um, Tim West Pipe Repair or Reborn Pipes, uh, Norwood's Pipe Repair, uh, there, there's so many different ones uh, out there. You know, uh, Briarville, uh, you know, they, they may actually be able to put a uh, a nickel or sterling band around this pipe. And, uh, and and the pipe would be, you know, pretty attractive, I think, actually, if you did that. And so, uh, you know, if it's worth it to you, if it's a pipe you really enjoy, you've got broken in, um, t- talk with one of those folks. Send them some photos. Uh, see see what they can do. I've seen, um, you know, some of these, you know, briar repair, fo- pipe repair folks work miracles. And um, I, this, this pipe may have some life left on it. So try it out. Absolutely. Quick, quick fire, fire with, with the squire. squire. All right, man. Quick fire question. <laughs> man, I think our, both of our voices were kind of struggling there. Yeah, pretty uh, bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. So as as we started off last week, we're doing for the month of March. We're doing quick fire questions a little bit differently, kind of bracket style. Now, last week it wasn't a true bracket style. This week it will be uh, more in line with that. And you know, again, I don't know how this is going to translate into an audio context, but we're going to try it. The theme of this week's March uh, March Madness bracket, uh, what what quick fire, what have you, is eggs. 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 Okay, yes. great. <laughs> All right. So for our first, uh, 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 what do you call it? When match is that right? <laughs> the, the the first bracket, the the first round, first round, All right, first round. That's that's the one. All right, first round scrambled versus boiled. Uh, scrambled eggs. I I, I I'm going to go with scrambled. Okay, I too. I mean, like in terms of preferences. Definitely scrambled, but in terms of like quantity consumed <laughs> lately, boiled, and this is true, boiled eggs are actually, that's the, the, that is the healthiest way to consume an egg is that it's been, uh, that's been boiled. That makes and, sense. Yeah. Yeah. And so like literally I've been, you know, man, I've been, uh, been, been, been working on, on some things, been trying to be a little bit more healthy at the, uh, the start of the year, especially since I've been off my leg. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and I've done good, man. Actually, I've lost 12 pounds, pounds since the beginning of the year. Oh, that's great. Congrats. Pretty proud about that. Yeah. But I've been having a boiled egg every single morning for breakfast. And so I have been having a lot of boiled eggs. But no, scrambled definitely uh, takes the cake in terms of better. So there right. All right. So scrambled moves on to the next round. All right. Uh, so the second round uh, to, to figure out who versus scrambled is over easy versus fried. Okay. So when, when you say fried, you're probably because over easy kind of is fried. So you're, you're talking about like a, a well done fried egg versus the over easy fried egg. Is that, that kind of correct, we're, sir? Yes, okay. Sir. Yeah. I'm going to have to go with over easy. I, you know, oh, yeah. Is the, is there a, um, is there a, uh, you know, potential risk of, you know, salmonella or something? I, I, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> over easy eggs taste so good, man. You dip your toast in them and they go, you know, you put them on top of a hamburger and all kinds of stuff. I just, I love over easy eggs. Wow. So I'm going okay. to go, I'm going to go with that. So I, I'll do, I'll do like an over medium, but there's something about over easy where it's just a little too runny and I just, yeah. I can't do it. Like the, the texture of it just does not land right on me. Okay. Uh, and I, you know, I, especially it's when the, uh, the whites are so like still very like li- liquidy. 
that's when it really even, even the whites yeah yeah not not yeah. a fan of this so i'm gonna go I with get fried it. Uh, all right okay. so for the grand championship for you you have got scrambled versus over easy who do you choose <laughs> I love this. Um, I'm going to go with over easy. I, I love over easy eggs. Got I think over they're easy going uh, all the way. They're versatile. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, you can do so many, so much with them. Like a, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to go with over easy. Interesting. Well, I'm going to go with scrambled. I'm going to go. I'm going to give it to scrambled all the way on on my end, just because you know they're. they're I, you talk about versatile, man. You can you can put anything in a scrambler. That that's a that's that's just an omelet needing some additions. You know, it's it's you could do a lot there. So I'm, I'm gonna go scrambled all the ways. All right, there you go. <laughs> that was our egg bracket. <laughs> egg bracket, and we yeah. lost all our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? That's that's what quick fire questions is for. <laughs> that's it. That's <laughs> it. Gives it. you a section of the show to to to, to tune out if, if if you want to. But anyway, yes. <laughs> I made I made a little bracket. I'll put it up. I don't know. If y'all want to like mess around with it, by all means, go for it. We're, we'll continue to great. do this yeah, throughout the month of March. It's and, March uh, Madness, baby. Yeah. Absolutely. Possibly never again. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you got some quick fire questions that you want to send us, or maybe you've got a little bracket you want us to do, keep it to like four, but uh, but send it on in at uh, show at countrysquireradio.com. Your thoughts, your comments, listener feedback. All right, man. Listener feedback from the Smoky Dragon. Uh, says, hey guys, just like to ask you if you uh, or any of your listeners have ever smoked uh, toke. Do you know what this is? Toke? Uh, I, I don't, actually. According to Smokey, it's a very old Dutch tobacco cured in wine. Uh, it says, I smoked it back in the late 60s and early 70s. I uh, have just got hold of the last seven tins, all sealed and never been opened. Uh, when the factory was bought out many years ago, it was broken up and sold off. A guy bought the last stock. Now he has closed down and I got the last seven tens. I was just wondering if anyone else out there have tried it. Uh, also, as you can imagine, I, it, was a, it was rare, but now we are talking unicorn rare and as of the last seven tens. So that's again from Smoky Dragon. That that yeah. seems worth looking into right there, to be honest. That might yeah. be a show in the future. That's, that's fascinating. We- if we have anyone, uh, you know, some of these uh, old time listeners that have been smoking a pipe, um, you know, since before you and I were born, Bo, yeah. um, you know, T-O-K-A-Y, Toke uh, Tobacco is what the Smoky Dragon is uh, is referring to here. Uh, Dutch tobacco cured in wine. I'm not familiar with it. And I actually did not read this question before uh, we recorded the show today. Otherwise, I, I may have uh, tried to research this or something. But, um, you know, if this is something you, um, uh, aged tobacco smoker, uh, are, are aware of, we'd love to, you know, love to hear that in, uh, in future lo- listener feedback. So, um, Smokey Dragon, what I want to know is, are you going to crack one open and try it? Yeah. And I would, I encourage you to do that. <laughs> that would, yeah, please, by all means, please update us on, uh, on the progress there. Man, we also got an iTunes review in from Chaplain Corey. This is kind of a, a bump up, a little bit of an update. It says two years later, and I'm still, uh, this is still my favorite talking about the podcast, a pleasant time with old friends. That's what the country squire radio podcast feels like. I discovered this podcast while on my first deployment to Afghanistan as a chaplain for the infantry battalion. I have had countless amazing conversations over a nice bowl. When I found this podcast, it felt like I was invited into another great conversation with some like-minded friends. Thanks for the great show. Can't wait to visit the shop one day and uh, shout out to Chaplain Corey for, uh, for, for that iTunes review. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much for listening, man. We're glad you're still with us. And, um, brother, we're so, so thankful for your service. So yeah, we appreciate you uh, more than you know. 
Yeah, we love those iTunes reviews so much. Uh, head over to iTunes, write us those reviews. It doesn't cost you a dime to do it. But if you are able to spend a few dimes to help the show happen, head over to patreon.com slash countrysquireradio, where you can join the international pipe club that is the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Also, you can send us your uh, <laughs> listener feedback and more, especially those of you who uh, who also might have this supreme unicorn that is the Toke tobacco. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, like... I really want to know more about the, <laughs> this uh, wine yeah, cured pipe tobacco. That sounds incredible. Uh, so yeah, so by all means, send in your feedback. We love getting that in. Show at countrysquireradio.com is the place to do it. You can, of course, follow us on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm at the real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. Of course, at Squire Radio is the uh, show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at countrysquireradio.com. Man. Okay. This was uh, this was good, man. This was this is always great to um, you know not only uh, show some additional love, especially after the the side love that de- that uh, the the Danish uh, pipe world got last week. This was like That's more right. direct. Um, I, I do have to ask though, because as you pointed out, there is a a game of pipes, if you will, that's out there in terms of all these different kind of locales across the world that would kind of consider themselves to be a a capital, if not the capital of mm. the pipe world. Are you team Denmark? It, it it sounds like though, Bo, that instead of answering that question, maybe we need a bracket. Oh 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 oh, John David, why did we think of that? <laughs> well, let's tune in next do, week. <laughs> no, let's not do that for quick fire questions. But let's consider putting that out before the month is over. That's fantastic. All right, well, stay tuned for more on that. And uh, hey, let's go have a day. See you, brother. visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.